Hello, good evening. Welcome to another Sunday night uh, drive-by remix edition of the Cantina Mekis podcast. My name is John Jagu. I am coming to you live from beautiful downtown Waco, Texas, at least for the next hour or so, as I uh, make my way back down to uh, beautiful Lago Vista on the outside of... Uh, well, look further out than the outside of Austin, the north shore of Lake Travis. Joining me is Joel Aceves, who uh, posted a picture earlier of the LAFC Stadium, thinking that he was at the at the game itself. Turns out he was not, but uh, he is still a, a huge sport to join us this evening. Joel Aceves, how are you, sir? I'm doing very good, Yon. Yeah, no, I I managed to catch the last five minutes. Of their home opener against uh, Sporting Kansas City, but but to me they're always they will always be the Wiz, Yon. That's right. Uh, they will always be the Wiz. <laughs> the Wiz. <laughs> nobody, nobody beats nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody. And but I I seen like a picture from earlier. Uh, they had a really nice steeple, so I, I just caught my attention. That's oh, why. I, okay. That's why I posted that picture. Yeah, yeah. No, I really oh, do. See, I, mean, I was hoping that you were actually. No, go I ahead. need to go catch a game, man. I need to go catch a game. I turns out I actually know a lot of the guys from the thirty-two fifty-two. Uh, some of those guys used to be from the. Um, man, I'm forgetting the name. <laughs> Way back from Chivas USA, uh, so I used to cover that team. And they were right. the big supporter groups there, yeah. They were the Union. I think they're the Union Ultras. Um, hopefully, I'm not. I'm not getting their name wrong. But, well, but so they. You can't get their name they, wrong because then they'll, they'll get mad at you. They transition. You joining the group, yeah. <laughs> no good. Good tailgates. Uh, so yeah, no. I, I need to go catch up. I need to go catch up with those so guys. If, if only there was a way for you, Joel, to to get a press pass. Where you could go to these games on your own. If only. If only. Yeah, if only there was a way you could do that. If uh, only there was a way you could do that. Yeah, so, no, it's, it's, you, it's, it's, you know, because I was excited when I saw the building being made because, uh, as you know, I, I didn't live too far from there. You did not. And, and my brother is even closer. So when there was games like at the Coliseum, I would just park at my brother's and walk. Uh, but right. I, I've I've since moved, so now I'm like over an hour away. Just yeah, you live in, big, the, big uh, in the in the hoity-toity part of LA now. You're not. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not down with the, uh, the Americanista <laughs> fans. Oh man. And uh, yeah, my neighbor. So just out of curiosity, did you do you feel like you should go to one of your one of your neighbors a couple doors down and say, would you mind if it's okay? Uh, Painting this Club America logo on your curb to remind me. <laughs> no, man, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, Yon. All right, all right. So you said you you got the last five. Well, it turned out to be the very important last five minutes. Yes, and if sir. If I'm not mistaken, uh, LA LAFC pulled out pulled out the game winner two one to, to to start the season on the with the pie derecho. By the way, that is so insulting to left-footed people. When people say, <laughs> van a empezar con el pie derecho, well, what about, what if you yes. have to empezar con el pie izquierdo? That's true. That's true. And isn't that how you wake up in the morning, John? You make sure to put your left foot down first. Well, I mean, I am left-handed, <laughs> so, but I am right-footed. But, but, but I have to admit that it's, uh, you know, and, and, and just the word, you know, you're, you're, you're a diestro or you're a siniestro, which of course means sinister. Ah. Just by being just by being left-handed, as I am. I don't know if you are or not. I would assume you are because you're a really cool guy, and most really cool people are left-handed. But <laughs> wait, was I? Most left-handers are really cool people. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I would assume you're left-handed. Are you left-handed? No, no, you're. I'm not. No. Uh, well, snap. I guess I guess there you know there there are some there are some exceptions to the rule. But uh, you know, as as a you know, I, I I find it I find it a little, you know, just 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 slightly, 
slightly insulting. But regardless, yes. CFC gets the, the big last last minute win. I'm sure the place went bananas. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, it it was crazy. And uh, but I feel we need to clarify because I know, I know uh, we're mostly uh, Mexico, Mexico based podcast. So uh, bear with us. Bear with us, uh, dear listeners. Our, our MLS talk will be brief, uh, just because ultimately it's going to link back to Mexico. So it is connected. Right. It is it connected. Is. Yeah. For, so, for because I mean, LAFC has Carlos Vela, and he's a team captain, and he's the big, you know, he's the big soon, draw right there. Soon to have Giovanni dos Santos. <laughs> that oh man. Yeah, we need to get into that, and and so uh, and then not too far. Well, yeah, kind of far, but still uh, in San Jose, uh, Mati made his debut with the earthquakes. He did not. He did not start on the right foot, Yon. So he, he started lost. on the left foot. He started on the he, left foot. Yes, yes, but he did go against Toronto. Who? Are you sure about that? What played against Toronto? I thought, I thought that Toronto – well, listen to me. Like, I'm an MLS expert. I thought Toronto played uh, in Philadelphia. So it oh. may have been Vancouver. Maybe, okay. maybe you're confusing your – Canadians. Say, tomato, tomato. Never mind that. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just the finest loss. I was like, uh, you know, Tor- Toronto's one of the stronger teams. Um, but I guess... Actually, it was, it, it was the other Canadian team. It was Montreal. So we were both wrong. How many teams are there? They have, they have three. There are three oh. Canadian teams in Emma, which, frankly, right. I, 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 I still can't wrap my head around. But whatever. I, I didn't know there was three. <laughs> I didn't know there was three. I was figured it was two. I didn't. Wow, well, good for them. Uh, oh, it is, man. It well. is the, the Montreal Impact, or as it's pronounced in French, L'Impact de Montreal. Ah. Or, hey. or L'Impact de Montreal. There we go. So I take it back. I, I I take it back on Mati. I was I was trying to justify. I was trying to justify his his defeat because Toronto is they're, they're the I'm assuming they're the strongest of the three of the three Canadian sides. Right. Um, yeah. So not good. Okay, not good. Then you don't want to lose to Vancouver. Uh, well, I mean, it just it just it just goes uh, goes along the lines of what you said that that, that Mati Almeida. Is just not a good coach. Over and over and over. I don't know. No, I didn't, I didn't say he's as good as we think he is. I, I think he has his qualities, but I still I wish him well. Him and uh, his assistant, El Benja, El Maestro Galindo, and then uh, I think we went too far because just across from, uh, you know, across town from, from the, from the LAFC is. Uh, the Galaxy in Carson, and they also got a win, and getting the big assist was a uh, 16-year-old Mexican kid. That's right. Well, Mexican-American, I should say. His parents are Mexican. He was born here, and, yeah, you could you could be sure that both federaciones are going to be trying to get him to represent. He has been playing for Mexico. At the youth levels, but obviously that doesn't mean anything until he's at least 18. So he has two years of yeah of, of whining and dining still left uh, left to go. Uh, he is Gio's replacement, obviously. That was the, the kid that they wanted to go with. Uh, Jonathan Dos Now, for, for you folks that don't know, uh, a day before the season started, the uh, LA Galaxy announced that Gio was not going to be on the roster, but was still going to be paid. I mean, he still has a contract, so. It is MLS, and Galaxy is one of the AEG teams. So you can basically go to any other AEG team as far as I'm concerned because it's the same owner. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Gio be, re- be relocated somewhere, I'm sure, where there's a Denny's so that Gio can feel at home. Can be. And, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but he's, he's no longer playing with the Galaxy, and uh, you know his brother said it was because you know the injuries had really taken a toll on, on Gio's game over the past couple of years uh, you know it turns out that he uh, hasn't been the, uh, the same player that he 
was when he first started in Galaxy. Because when he, when he first moved to Galaxy, he had a couple of really strong years. Yeah. You know, and, and, and a player like Giovanni, I mean, let's be honest, uh, you know, he, you know, he plays in a position and his body type is just not going to let him play that many years beyond the age of 30. I mean, those, you know, players like that kind of, you know, they, they have, they have their moments and they peak around 25, 26, and then it kind of, you know, kind of slides on from there. It might even peak even a little earlier. But unfortunately for Giovanni, he won't be on Galaxy this year. Um, the quote-unquote transfer window, play international is probably closed. And, uh, you know, it is unfortunate for Giovanni, and I know a lot of uh, Mexico fans, uh, particularly when he made the dynasty, when he made the move over to LA Galaxy, thought we didn't think it was a, a good move on his part. So, I mean, but by whose definition? Because... You know, again, you know, Giovanni dos Santos was able to, you know, the, he's going to, you know, pocket about thirty million dollars from LA Galaxy. So he, he has set himself up for life, for the rest of his life. You know, his, his post soccer life. Yeah. And I think this is something that's very important for him that that people have to understand uh, about about the world of professional sports is that. And I and I work with the next player, not soccer player, but a. An NBA player who I hold in the highest regard, and I hold his. They make sense, and sometimes they, they sometimes they don't even make because they, they can't make those decisions. But the reality is, is that is that Giovanni dos Santos made the move with his. You know, with, with with his career in mind, not the fans' expectations. And I personally, I don't I don't find fault with anything that Giovanni did when he moved to LA Galaxy. You know, as a Mexico fan, would it would it, you know was it something that probably wasn't the best move? In that sense, probably not. But again, that is such a small piece of of what it is that Giovanni dos Santos wants to do with himself and his life. For the rest of his life, that I, I you know, it, I, it's just I just don't find fault with him doing that. You, know, everyone has to do, everyone has to do what's best for you for, for for themselves. Just like the great character Wooderson in Dazed and Confused, when he's talking to the upcoming senior quarterback of the of the, of the local football team, and he says, "You don't do what they want you to do. You got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do." And that's kind of how I feel about Giovanni. You know, Giovanni's had a, you know, a, a decent but not spectacular career. And I think that folks that, that want to think that Giovanni, Giovanni's career has been a, a disappointment have to remember, you know, a, a, as far as national team goes, uh, Giovanni's career has been defined by the performances that he's had on the national team. He doesn't go to LA Galaxy because of what he did at Mallorca or at Santander or at Tottenham. Even at Barcelona or Villarreal, he was at LA Galaxy for what he was able to accomplish and, and the way that he was able to play for the Mexican national team. And people lose sight of that. Yeah, which is why it's, it's disappointing he's leaving the way he is. Because uh, I felt if ever he had a chance to try to cement a legacy, to do something important at club level... This was a good, good as chance as any, uh, especially playing alongside of his brother. And uh, yeah, it seems like no matter what, he just hasn't been able to find that motivation. Well, you know, I, I, this is something that I that I tweeted to uh, a friend of the show, uh, Martin Del Palacio, when he, you know, was kind of saying the same thing I was and. You know, you know, I see Giovanni as a player who was who was extremely talented. I don't think anybody denies that Giovanni, you know, when he was a teenager and even in, in, in his early twenties, showed, you know, someone who had all the talent in the world. Unfortunately for Giovanni, Giovanni may have had all the. I think Giovanni thought that his talent was enough. I don't think that he was a kind of player that had the professionalism to make his talent to, to improve upon the talent that he had. And, you know, it takes a lot of, 
personal will and sacrifice to make yourself better. And I think that the, that was that was uh, that's always going to be the albatross that hangs around Giovanni's neck. Is that yes, he was supremely talented, but I don't think that he had the Spartan will to sac to to, to sacrifice what needed to be sacrificed in order to make himself better. And again, yeah. Uh, and, and that's just the reality. Yeah, because the club, the Galaxy, did. Uh, they had offered him if he lowered his wages, that they would, you know, he would remain at the club, but he needed to lower his wages. But but then it's like, if his performance went up, and then they would readjust him. Uh, but I guess his just his mind was set already on. And, and, you know, I guess he felt that wasn't necessary and he cashed out. And I believe his buyout, because they had to pay him his last con- last year of contract, and I believe it, it's at about $8 million. Yeah. That's the number I heard. Uh, but, wow, <laughs> with $8 million. Yeah, it's like if, if I'm playing a scratcher and I hit the $8 million, I, uh, I'm pretty much calling my job and saying I won't be coming in. They're paying, they're paying him eight million dollars not to play. Oh man! Well, he won. <laughs> In that regard, you know, yeah. he has his restaurant. You know, one more can he ask for? Uh, but no, you know. so, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, he doesn't really need to play anymore, as far as like, unless just. Just for the love of the game, but but as far as like to to make a living, I think he has more than enough to uh, you know secure something. Um, so it'll be interesting uh, these past you know these next few days to see if he's gonna continue. Right, if he will yeah. continue, and I see it kind of difficult. I know he's still a bit of a draw, but what what institution is gonna take him serious? And and then and on top of that, he's injured. That's why I felt leaving the way he did. He just he hurts he hurts his career. Yeah, he does. A, he does not. Uh, you know, cement. You know, if he, if he cements his legacy again, he cements his legacy as you know, as like I mentioned earlier, you know, someone who who had the talent, but 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 never had the professionalism to uh, you know find a way to, to always make his game better which uh you know i mean but that wasn't always the case and uh, you know you have to go back to you know his decision to leave uh barcelona you know remember pep guardiola was his coach when he was with the youth when he was with the youth side because because pep came in after frank rickyard and you know pep was the one that suggested to giovanni at the time hey giovanni we've got you know we got messi we got eto we got Henri. We have Iniesta, we have Xavi. I mean, you know, these are five, you know, super-duper heavyweights of the world of soccer. And he suggested to him, you know, why don't you go on loan for a year, get better, and then come, you know, and then and then we'll see what happens when you – because, you know, Eto and Henri were going to – you know, they weren't always going to be there. But, you know, Giovanni and his dad said, no, 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 just, you know, sell us. You know, sell me. And they ended up going to Tottenham – and of course, yeah. you know, when Juan de Ramos gets gets fired, you know, three or four weeks into his tenure, you know, they pick a guy who was just never going to, you know, it's just one of a, the common themes of our podcast. If you're going to go somewhere, make sure you go somewhere where the coach wants you to be there. Because if he don't want you, he ain't going to play you. And for yeah. three years, he was stuck in that situation. And, and, you know, I heard it was his dad because um, – he had been training alongside of Messi, and I would say maybe Bojan between the three, they were like the the most promoted of the of the Masia of the youth of the youth for Barcelona. And at that point, I think they felt that he was I wouldn't say maybe not as good as Messi, but good enough to to get a similar type treatment. Which is what what I, I had heard that his dad like it was like what his dad felt and and um with 
which is a big reason why they accepted the transfer to to England, you know, right. and, and to to be playing to be playing already. And and I guess he he probably rushed them a bit at that point. Well, I mean, not only that, he did rush him, but then you know, he goes somewhere where he doesn't play. In, 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 uh, in, in, in a team whose style at that time, you know, I mean, Harry Redknapp, when you think of, like, the classic English game, it's basically baronazos. It, it, it's like watching hockey. I mean, all they do is send long balls to the you know to their forwards, and that's it. And they run and run and run and run, and, you know, and hope that they could, you know, score a goal on a cross. And yeah. you know, that's Giovanni's. And, and the thing about Giovanni is that, you know, this happens when he's, what, 18, 19 years old. I mean, and on top of that, you know, he's going back to Mexico every every three, four weeks to play qualifiers. So it just it just it just never worked out for Giovanni at, at Tottenham, and, and and those were the, you know probably the most crucial years of his development, and his development was truncated because of you know just of just of just bad rep, you know bad decision by his representation. You know, imagine if Giovanni goes on loan to you know Rayo Vallecano or you know someplace like that where he. You know, kind of like Carlos Vela did when he goes to Celta de Vigo and then to Osasuna, where he plays and plays, you know, plays well. You know, and, and then at that point, then then make the decision of whether you want to go back to Barcelona or not. And it just it just didn't work out for Giovanni. And, you know, he did have a, professionally have some good spurts with uh, Santander, and uh, I forget that he was in a second division English team that that the, the coach is like, why is this guy even here? I mean, he's so much better than any player I have. And this was when he was like 19, and uh, it was. Uh, Roy Keane was his coach. And then he had a couple of good years at Villarreal. But again, the, the, where he was most consistent, and I think people lose sight of this for whatever reason, where he was most consistent was with the Mexican national team. And it's the reason why he got that ginormous contract with LA Galaxy, which he's still earning money from, even though he's not playing. Yeah, it was close to $40 million, I think. It's about $34 million, I think, that it cost them, you know. So it, it cost the galaxy about ten to twelve million more than the the contract that we had to shell out for you, Joel, to join us here on the. <laughs> I think it's yeah. Now, which I mean, to me, it's a shame. Uh, I know this league has been pushing hard to bring in top Mexican talent, and it's just disappointing to me because I feel that uh, Mexican players aren't taking advantage. Uh, they're going to end up losing the market, and pretty soon. It's going to be more Argentines, more Brazilians, more South Americans uh, when when I think... It's already happening. Yeah, and, and you're going to... Mexican players are going to start playing second fiddle to those players yet again. <laughs> it already happens going to Europe, you know, uh, and, and it could probably happen it, it, coming coming over here. It happens in Liga Mekis. Yeah, and it's like, dude, you're in a league where there's a huge fan base that wants to see you, uh, and and you got all these teams willing to make it work for you, and you just keep keep downplaying it. For the most part, I, I do feel like Vela seems to be on the right path. Um, you know, Jonah seems he seems like he's taking it serious, and then there's Marco Fabian. There's Marco Fabian there at, at who signed with the Philly Union. He scored he scored uh, in his first official match off a penalty kick. Um, so I mean we'll see we'll see um, we'll see what happens. Well, it's good to have Marco Fabian playing again because again he's another one who you know you know and and, and, and that's a perfect example. So Marco Fabian. I get another player who has just a, an obscene amount of talent. Uh, when he was at Chivas, you know, again, talent alone wasn't going to be enough. And, of course, he had some extra cancha issues, blah, blah, blah. He goes out Cruz Azul. But when he went to, to Europe and he was in Eintracht, you know, uh, you know the, the light bulb finally went off. And he says, I have, to, I have to be – I can't just be that guy who thinks I can just show up and play. You know, he had to, he had to earn his spot. He had to fight for his spot. He did that with with the coach that ended up going to, to Bayern Munich, the Croatian guy. I mean, this was a guy that didn't want didn't want to give him the time of day, but Fabian made him. Made him give uh, was it Nico Kovac? Was that the coach? Made yes. him 
put him in the starting lineup. Marco Fabian became a, a really good player, an instrumental player for Eintracht Frankfurt. Worked out very well for him. Of course, the coach leaves, the new guy's like, well, you're not going to be part of my plans. So, and then, and then Marco Fabian had also gotten hurt. So to see Marco Fabian playing again uh, and then scoring on top of that is, is, is great, great news. And he, and he, I mean, I Marco Fabian, I think that he is, is just immensely talented and uh, good to see him uh, back on the field playing again wherever it is, you know, Philadelphia Union. Uh, I like them because they have the same colors as us. That's a team that I would definitely pay attention to. So I'm glad to see my company like that. Yeah. All right, so we said we were going to talk a lot of MLS. We've spent the first half hour talking <laughs> MLS oil. But uh, let's, uh, let's, let, let's jump into, uh, into, into Liga Mekis, uh, some uh, – Surprising results over, over over the week, Hoyle. We had uh, on uh, well, first of all, I mean, we need we need to get uh, we need to get Wiso on the show because Leon. Oh my God! I mean, where did this? You know, wh- who kidnapped Nacho Ambris and what have he done to his body? Because they are playing a style that is so unlike Nacho. You know, you have to remember. You know, you know Nacho's nickname was El Sargento. I mean, this guy who was a very. I mean, he was a terrific holding midfielder, a very defensive-minded, just a bulldog of a midfielder for years for Nakaksa and, uh, you know, for the national team. Has a, has a haircut that you could set your watch to, just this very regimented guy, and he is just turning it loose with with uh, Leon playing this just this amazing open field, and they are just – and this is without Mauro Bocelli, don't forget their, 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 their goal scorer. They are just killing it. And they killed Santos uh, again over the weekend. They are playing some great, great songs. Yeah, a big three-zero win at home. It's just like their fourth or fifth win in, in a row now. Yeah, and then they've scored. I mean, it's three-zero, four-zero, three-zero, four-zero. They are. They are. I think. They, it I think it's eighteen goals now in the last four or five games. I'm pretty sure I'm going off the top of my head. It is. I like think it's about eighteen Luka. goals. Like watching Toluca at the turn of the century. I mean, they are just scoring goals left and right. It is uh, it, it is very impressive, and you know we we, we cannot ignore them any longer. We they cannot they will not be ignored. Boy, Leon. Well, we were we were the other day with Chiquis. We were praising we were play we were praising La Fiera. And yeah, we were we were giving them. They're just two. If I were if I were a fan of La Fiera, and if you know if. Raúl Orbañanos narrates one of their goals. I have to admit that would that would give me a, a, a lift. That, it, you know, that would make me very excited. I, I would get all tingly. It's just a, he just it just a, he has a great goal call. So to have him be the the home guy to call my goals has got has got to be great. Yeah, it's uh, yeah they, they have been playing really well and. Uh, well, I could uh, I could give you a quick. Uh... A quick run-up of what their season has been like. Please so they, they opened up at home against Tigres to a two-goal draw. And, uh, you know, at this point, Leon was... It was unknown how they were going to do. As you said, they had just... They had just released their historic goleador. Uh, so it was a coin toss. And I would say it was a good result just because Tigres, how strong that team is, and they're one of the favorites. Uh, and then they, they traveled to Monterrey, which is the other favorite. So talk about a, a hard, having like a hard opening calendar off the bat, facing two of the, you know, I will say out of the top four, both Monterrey's are, are favorites to win the league. Uh, sure. And so they, they they stole a point. Another another two-goal draw. That's already four goals in two games against Rayados. And then they host Cruz Azul, which were the subcampeones. So, I mean, their first three games were, were all, all difficult. And and they... Wait, this was a Copa game. Goddamn. Goddamn. <laughs> 
they still beat Cruz Azul in the Copa game, which was a bit of the beginning of some of the this madre. Uh, <clears throat> and then they they lose to Tijuana, John. They lost to TJ. They lost to TJ. Are, I bet you that TJ has caused a lot of people to lose things over the years. <laughs> I know. I know where that's going. Uh, but then uh, they bounce back with a big four. 4-0 win over Cayos Blancos, you know, away match. And then they beat Cruz Azul again at home, 2-0. Then they beat America, 3-0 uh, at, at the Azteca. Uh, then they follow that up with a, another 3-0 win this, uh, over, over Toluca. Then uh, they beat Pumas, 3-1. And and now Santos, so they've been scoring three goals a game. Like their past, what, three games? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. No, it is. It's uh, they, they, they've played very well, and uh, you know here on the Catina Metro podcast, that's what you know. We don't always. Now we've been accused, and I don't know how, by uh, of being a Chivas podcast. We are the, like the last thing from people. I've listened to Chivas <laughs> podcasts. Chivas podcasts are, are, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're a Chivas fan, I'm sure Chivas podcasts are, are right up your alley. But, you know, it's, uh, and we, we have had Chivas-themed podcasts in the past. Yes. But, you know, we are not a Chivas podcast. We, you know, we try to give everybody their, their due, especially when they play. You know, Santos is a team that, that, we, that we gush over on this podcast. You know, we, obviously, we'll, we'll do the same for... Uh, you know, for other teams, we do. Now we do like to make fun of Chivas a lot, and then we make fun of America. We make fun of Cruz. So we make fun of everybody on this podcast, but we also are respectful enough to to, to, to give a team their, their 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 just desserts when they when when the moment arises. And I think that this is something that we've done uh, with Leon. We'll, we've done it with uh, with other teams in the past. Yeah, Leon has played well. They're doing great. Uh, they are. Uh, Along with the two Monterrey teams, or one, two, three in the league. Uh, yeah, they put a put a smackdown on Pachuca. Monterrey put a smackdown on Chivas over the weekend, and uh, they're both in the Conca Champions. I was on the phone with uh, with with my our friend of the show, Daniel Forestine, on uh, Friday night. I was on his show talking about the Conca Champions, where 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 Monterrey is playing uh, Atlanta, and Monterrey they they didn't. You know they 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 barely survive against Alianza and the Conca Champions, and I always feel Hoyle that when a, when a favorite like that, if, 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 if they escape when they're playing in the elimination rounds, like if you have a chance to beat them, and you don't do it, then you better look out because because the, when, when teams like that get a new life, more often than not they take advantage of it. And I think that that's what's going to happen with Monterrey. I think we're going to see Monterrey go all the way to the uh, final. And, uh, well, they did not rest players, though. They did not rest players for their match because they played Chivas. They played their other starters. So uh, let's see if this affects them or not. But, I mean, I, I know they have the depth to fill two, two competitive sides. Well, yeah. Well, Rodolfo Pizarro got a got a got a got a red card against yes. Chivas, and it was it was a foul, but I don't think it was a malicious foul. But it was it was definitely a foul that was worthy of a red. And and, and if I'm mistaken, the game was at the at the Akron. Is that correct? Yes, uh, home game for Chivas, which was, uh, you know, I I think even though Chivas still in fifth. Uh, they quickly lost that cushion, that safety cushion, and another defeat. They could easily drop out of the uh, Liguilla comfort zone, which is the first top eight teams. That's right, because yeah, they're only cause... two places from ninth, or two yeah. points from ninth. Well, and keep in mind, uh, America, America has one point less than Chivas. Uh, America is going to play on Tuesday. They're playing their match against Necaxa because uh, they have one game less. 
So a win by Ame would put them in fifth, and bump Chivas down to six. And and, and Chivas' schedule, if I'm not mistaken, Hawaii, gets a lot tougher as the uh, so, so. Oh yes. When it they have be. opportunities to get points, they've got to they've got to take they've got to take those points. Yeah. So I th- I believe they face Querétaro next, and that's uh, you know, Reimidas right there, who who also has a match pending uh, against Puebla. They they're gonna play on Monday. Well, they're let's playing stop the away game. Stop the presses and stop everything you're doing because when Querétaro and Puebla get together, I mean, you know, I've even heard Lionel Messi talk about what an important game that is. <laughs> yeah, so um, we'll see what happens there. Um, their first game under Vuce, they won. They won, I believe it was three-one, if I'm not mistaken. But they won. So and and this was Querétaro who had gone on a seven-game win, seven-game losing streak. So we'll see what what he's doing there with this club. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for Chivas. If they could get a point, that would help them. But they can't afford to lose again. This, this, they're already coming off of two straight defeats, having previously lost to Pachuca. And Pachuca were recently... Uh, Tigres laid to smack it down on them. They did that. They had a, Pachuca had a guy that scored not one, but two alcoholics. <laughs> Oh, and at that point, you could just just you just say, you know what, the season's over. But when you have the, when you have that kind of bad luck, it's there's not much. Oh man, you know, yeah, that was that was Pachuca, which um, they kind of had a bit of resurgence for a little bit when um, what's what's that guy's name? I forget, man. They got the new coach, Argentine. Palermo, Martin oh, right, Palermo. Right, right, right. Yeah, he arrived, but team they haven't been looking so hot, and so they they're tight in points with Chivas, seventh, but they're also in danger of falling off. And uh, a, a team that has truly fallen off, I'm gonna say, and you called it, Yon, at the start of the season, we saw Atlas. And Atlas was doing really good, man. I felt good for Atlas, John. Have you seen those videos on Facebook? And it's usually like an abused pupper. You see this doggo that's missing patches of fur and, and he's like right. starving. And then they show that someone rescues him. And then they show like two weeks later and he's all healthy. And so it was one of those feel-good stories. And I thought, oh man, Atlas is finally doing good. They're in fourth. They were like in fourth place for a while in, in at the start of the season, and uh, but they've they've since fallen, man. They just keep losing, and they're all the way in thirteenth place. And that's, uh, that's what's the, the rhetorical question: Will Atlas <laughs> recover? Well, well, you said no. I don't think so either. They just lost to uh, to Cholos. They played away to Cholos and they lost. And Cholos is. Is the club being coached by the Colombiano Pareja, who John, you're you're very bullish on. My buddy, Oscar Pareja, my buddy, Oscar Pareja. Yeah, and they're in fourth place. They're in fourth place at the start of the season. It seemed like he wasn't going to last long, and I thought, you know, that's kind of messed up if he gets sacked. Uh, <laughs> just because I, you know, I I think he he deserved. Uh, he deserved better, you know, for the work he had been doing. And I guess he's proving, he's proving and he's showing it right here. Fourth place, not bad. They're Liguilla bound, Yon. They are. And it's, uh, you know, it's hard because I have to admit, you know, living in Texas and, you know, when, when Tijuana first came into the league, you know, the team full of, uh, you know, naturalizados and, and, and America, you know, and, and of course, all the all the Cali's you know, go down to Tijuana, like it's like the big, you know. So I was like, man, I, I have a hard time rooting for Tijuana. I just didn't. I did right there. But with Oscar there now, you know that that that's different. Though. So he's 
now I have skin in the game. So I want. <laughs> I, I do want to see. I do want to see Oscar do well. I do want to see Oscar do well. But no, you're right though. He's uh, he's a really good coach. I mean, you know, it's uh, if, if he does well at Tijuana, it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, teams with a little bit more presupuesto. Uh, yes. Like, like the one that comes to mind, honestly, is uh, Tigres, because you know Tuca's not going to be there forever. He, he's, yeah, he said his retirement for 2020. So I know they're going to go hard to win. He wants to win at least one more time before he retires. Exactly. Uh, and and you know if he did win, like maybe one or like one of doblete. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired at the end of the season. Instead he, of winning. He, 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 but I think of how many coaches have been hired. I mean, just in this, in the past two years, 16 teams in Liga Mekis have hired and fired a coach. The only ones that haven't have been America and Tigres. Everyone yeah. else has hired and fired a coach in the last year. And Tuca well, has been a, since 2010. Yeah. And and nine, well, right now we have nine match weeks. Six coaches have already lost their job. It's insane. I mean, they won't. I mean, I mean, usually Liga Mekis. I mean, the number is is usually like closer to ten by the end of the year. So this, I mean, that's not a surprise. Now there were a couple of seasons where only like one or two coaches got fired, which is just so unheard of. But now you know now now things are are uh, you know back to normal. You know the Atlas guy won't last much longer. Oh no, no. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus is forced to step in. Um, yeah, you know, speaking of coaches, La Volpe just recently came back, and he's back at the Toluca hot seat, and he he led them to a big win this Sunday, three to one, and Toluca was just coming from defeat after defeat. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Cristante had been doing such a good job. And the Nemesio Diaz, the Devil's Cauldron, it was hard venue. And, and I don't know. This season, it just it went from being Devil's Cauldron to a, you know, rest stop, restroom. And any team would just go in there and take a dump. And you know, and and but they finally won at home, three to well, one. Let's not, so let's not put campanas al aire, bro. It was just Veracruz. So let's, it was, it was, it was. Up, but it's it's good to start. Excitement. No, but I mean, they just had so many defeats. So it's just kind of similar to to Buse returning, and these teams finally win. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying. Diablos are contenders, but I do. These are teams that, if you saw that they were next on your schedule, you'll be glad. You were happy to go play them. Now, not not so much. You know, right. they're gonna they're gonna prove more tough. Speaking of, of Veracruz, they they need they need two things to happen in order for them to, on paper at least, maintain their first division status. The first of which they have to win twenty four points out of the next twenty seven games, or the next nine games, rather. Oh man, eight of nine, and they have to hope that Lobos Bob doesn't win any. So, oh yeah, I, yeah, you're right, John. Uh, just real quick, because because I think if Lobos wins just one more game, they're they're secured, right? Right, right. The Lobos wins one one more, they stay they they stay afloat. And again, Veracruz has to win eight of their last nine and hope that Lobos loses all of their matches. So out of the next 18 matches, they need Lobos Bob to lose nine and they need to win eight of nine. So needless to say, next week will be uh, Veracruz's. That's when the, the hammer will fall on their uh, on, on their relegation. However, remember, uh, there is... Some you know the, the the craziness of Liga Mekis. If a team gets promoted or wins promotion, does not meet the minimum requirements of stadium and, and everything else to play in Liga Mekis, then Veracruz can can pay a fine 
or pay that team, I guess, the money to replace them, and they'll stay in the Liga MX. And I believe the other one is 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 that they can if they pay the money, then they will they will still stay afloat, and Liga MX works because they want to go to twenty teams. They'll be one of them, so they'll be it'll just be nice. I mean, frankly, oh, I mean, I like Veracruz, and I like I like you know they got a great stadium. They're very passionate fans. It, it could be a really tough. I mean, of course, it's a tough place to play. I mean, it's like it's like playing in Houston in June year round. It is blazingly hot there. But the ownership group and, and the ownership group historically has been just scandalous. And it makes you wonder, you know, what is it about Veracruz, aside from, you know, remembering that it's a 500-year-old city that probably has as much old money in Veracruz as there is anywhere else in Mexico. You know, is, is that the reason why they always manage to stay afloat in Liga Mentis? Because it certainly isn't by the standards that they set playing soccer. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, we have to wonder what's going on there. That uh, Curi Curi seems to have some. The the Veracruz owner seems to have some some connections there, because that team was close to being disbanded a few times, and each time you know it, it found a way to to stay afloat. And I yeah, think yeah. he's, I think yeah. he's connected, some well connected to government officials and whatnot. Well, of course he is. So, he, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, pull some. He calls in some favors, man. He must have that red telephone. And then uh, whoever he calls, then they call the FMF, you know, and uh, make sure you find something in the fine print that's gonna save Veracruz. You know, it wasn't that long ago that in Liga MX, when uh, Querétaro was relegated and La Piedad had won promotion, well, La Piedad won promotion, but they were bought out by Veracruz. So they go to Veracruz, and then the team that was relegated, Querétaro, Chiapas is a team that ends up getting relegated. So it was like a, like a five-team combo. Just a very strange, very strange goings-on there mm-hmm. in, uh, in Liga Mekis still to this day. So, I mean, the reality is, is, is I guess we'll have to wait and see what, what ends up happening with uh, relegation. Because I think what's going to happen is uh, a team that's going to be in, in Liga Mekis He's going to have 19 teams next year. That's my best guess. Wait, Liga MX is going to what? So, they're going to have 19 teams because Veracruz is going to pay the money to stay in the league. And the team that earns promotion is going to be a team that, that meets the requirements in order to be Liga MX. Whether it's uh, Atletico San Luis or UDG or whoever it is, uh, they are going to... Uh, uh, Liga Mekis is going to have 19 teams next year. I'm calling it Yeah. It's looking, it's looking likely that Atletico San Luis might make their return. There were once Atletico Potosino, back when uh, Neri Castillo Padre played for them. And uh, they were, you know, Real San Luis. And now Atletico San Luis. They're going to have the same uniforms as Chivas. So Chivas fans, don't get confused. When you think the Chivas is playing on Saturday night, and on Friday you see a team wearing the blue shorts and the red and white stripes, that's going to be Atlético San Luis. <laughs> Atlético San Luis. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where we're at. Uh, do you want to do a quick run-up of next week, Clausura, match week 10? Well, if I'm not mistaken, it's a, it's a pretty big match week. Is, isn't there a pretty big game happening next week? Yes, Clásico. Clásico Norteño. The Clásico Clasi- Norteño next week. Yeah, so the first and second place teams, they're going to go at it 
had uh, Monterrey is hosting the game at the BVA. And, uh, yeah, at this point you could even say it's a, maybe, you know what they call it, like a preview of the, of the league final, if you want. At least if things stay the way they are. Uh, these two are favorites, so big, big matchup. Right. Big matchup right there. Big matchup. Uh, and then I really, the other teams are not so, not so impressive, Yon. I don't really see a game right here that stands out a lot. Uh, I'll probably mention Cruz Azul Atlas. Just because even though Cruz Azul won, they beat Necaxa. Um, man, there seems to be a heavy campaign to get rid of Caixinha. And just recently, I was they were starting rumors that uh, that Mohamed, the Turco, is is the chosen one to come in. No chance. No chance. Yeah, that's same thing. I, I don't think Pelaez likes working with him. Uh, unless Billy told Pelaez, hey, man, that, that's it. I'm done with you. Um, so, but that's another another game right there. Just because Atlas can, you know, we've said it here, John. Atlas is the is the original Cruz Azul, so there will be a Cruz Azulada right there, man. Either Atlas continues to lose, or Cruz well, Azul loses some major know, points. Let's, you know, let's clarify. You know, when when a team Cruz Azulada, I mean, it's a team that. You know, had a oh, lead yeah. and win something big. Atlas has never had a lead, and they've—it's no. been so long since they've won anything big. No. It, it's it, true. It's true, but you know how it—it—it it, it morphed. It—it it went from that, what you say is the original. It's the original term, and then it just went to messing it up. It, it just became, oh, you messed it up. You know, because like how they were saying that, like for the Oscars that. That the the film Roma La Cruz Azul because they showed a kid wearing a Cruz Azul jersey and that's where they lost. Right. So the, they just say it now. Uh, but but one one of these teams, man. And then there's a uh, Pachuca Tijuana. Pachuca Tijuana and what a tough match for. For Palermo to try to bounce back, I think that's that's one of the tough teams to face. Well, is, isn't Chivas playing Chivas Junior? <laughs> yeah, they are. They're playing Querétaro at at Querétaro Stadium. Um, so I don't I don't know right there, man. I know Buse. whenever he could, you know. Put the shiv on, on Vergara, he'll do it, man. And then Vergara celebrating his birthday. I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but uh, Buse might give him a gift right there. Did you uh, did you send Vergara a happy birthday message? Or are you oh, no, no. I'm not blocked by him, but I, I'm... No, I, I didn't. I did not, sir. Um, Leon faces Lobos Buap. So uh, they might have to wait another week to secure their permanencia. Who, who does Veracruz play? Santos? Vera, Vera, yes, that is correct. Veracruz so, yeah. plays Santos Laguna. So they will take care of business and Veracruz will be relegated. Well, they'll be put in relegation position until they come up with the, the miracle $15 million or whatever it is to stay in the first division. Yeah, and America as, plays. As was predicted. <laughs> yes, America plays Puebla. So, and, uh, and, and this, what happened, John? La Puente, La Puente is no longer Puebla's score. Ojitos is no longer Puebla's coach, right? No, no, it's uh, Chelis. That's right. It is Chelis. Chelis, yeah, Chelis, who was with the less. Las Vegas Lights. He was he was coaching Wiki and Freddie Adu. How sad is that? That uh, Puebla wants to go back to a guy who 
caught lightning in the bottle ten years ago for <laughs> you know two games, and, and then like that's the guy that they want to continue to have their run. I don't. Yeah, I, they always go back to him. A weird relationship there, on and off. They're an on and off love relationship. He's like between. the Cabezón Luna of, uh, of, of, of Puebla. Yes. Yes, and, and John Pumas is playing Monarcas. So uh, what's going on with Pumas, man? Because well, I mean, one I, day I've they seem on and then the next they seem off. And I, I've told you from the very, from the get-go that they were going to struggle. They... Uh, you know they're they're playing a lot a, a lot of the young kids. They don't they didn't uh, reinforce themselves very well at all, if at all. And uh, you know I mean Pumas is going to struggle to make twenty points. I mean they they have nine points through nine games, and, and that should tell you right that they're they're just not a good team. They are not a good team. They they, they need to they, they they need to somehow figure out a way to get eleven points out of these next nine games. And it's going to be very, or next day game, it's going to be very difficult for them. Pumas, uh, unfortunately, you know, and it pains me to say it, but they are, the, you know, the whole institution is just, is, is just a shell of their former selves. Uh, you know, it is no longer the unquestioned leader and, 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 and uh, of, of, uh, of building players through its youth system. That, those days have come and gone. It just... It is uh, it is a very unfortunate. You know, Pumas is you know as strong as they've been and as popular as they still continue to they continue to be. It's just it's uh, it's a team that uh, you know you know the, 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 their best days seem to have happened. I have, I have already come and gone, and you know unless something miraculous happens, uh, Pumas is going to be one of those teams that's going to just. Struggles, you know, they might make the Giga every so often, but I think as far as championships are concerned, it's going to be, you know, if they win one and then within the next five six years, I think it'll be a miracle. Just unfortunate, but that's just the way it is. And, and fans of Mexico should be, frankly, should be a little alarmed at what's happened at Pumas, because if it can happen at Pumas, it means it can happen anywhere. Uh, you know, I think that for a long time, Pumas kind of took for granted. See, and this to me is, 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 is what I believe is Mexican soccer's biggest issue, is that they take so many things for granted. They take the, the, the popularity among, among, Mex- among, among Mexicans living in the U.S. for granted. You know, they, they, they take the fact that they're, quote-unquote, stronger than MLS for granted. But those, everything is finite, and, and Liga Mekis never looks beyond what they have right in front of them. They did it is it is of vision, and Pumas is a exhibit A of that lack of awareness. <laughs> or I guess lack of self awareness. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Coming down on my team, but but it's 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 see again. You know, here in the Castina Mexico podcast, you know, even the teams that we follow, we, you know, we have to call it out like it is. I mean, yes, sir. Know, you take pride in being a very pragmatic Chivas fan, and that's and that's how I am about Pumas too. I mean, you have to, you know, I mean, I'll root for them thick and thin, no matter what. But I mean, the reality is, is it, you know, they they are an occasional good team that is surrounded by many years of mediocrity. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> well, Joel, I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. I know you got to get to get to your job. Yes, sir. And, yes, uh, I'm sir. Right. Turn off here on the highway. So uh, I'm glad that you could join us here in the Cajinemics podcast. And uh, glad that you folks uh, were able to join us here live on the YouTube. And, of course, uh, if you are driving to work on Monday morning and you check your subscriptions, and you have a new remi- uh, 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 a notification that there's a new Cantina Mekis podcast, well, you're welcome. Uh, we do appreciate <laughs> y'all, y'all's patronage. Thank you very much. And we've gotten a couple of reviews on uh, on, on, on iTunes and on Google Play. Uh, you know, please, 
you know, follow us, you know, tell your friends about us. We, uh, you know, a lot of folks have some nice things to say, you know, even if you're a little critical, you know, we certainly will, uh, will accept that too. We, uh, you know, we're always trying to make the show better. So we, anything we can do to do that, we will certainly make every effort to do so. But anyway, boy, enjoy, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you uh, probably on Thursday. Yes. Yes, Thursday we should do a uh, big. Uh, we should we should talk about Copa America because there's a lot of news coming on about the 2020 Copa America. Indeed, we will uh, get into that. We'll probably talk some Copa Champions. We'll have a lot to talk about on Thursdays. We hope that you folks will be able to join us live on the YouTube, join us on the chat, and of course, if you can't do that, then like I said, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes and also on Google Play. And you will get notified that you have a new Cantina Mix podcast to listen to on your drive uh, to and from work. Or if you're like me that have spent a lot of time in the car, it's a great way to pass the time. And we do appreciate y'all taking the time to, uh, or to remember the time rather, that you listened here on the Cantina Mix podcast. My name is John Jagu. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for Joel Aceves and all of us here in the Cantina Mix podcast. Wish you guys uh, the best of nights and enjoy your week this week and we will talk to you again in the coming days. Thank you very much for listening.